it's been happening for a while across California, but there has been sexually explicit materials in public schools, in the libraries in these schools. Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital with Sophia and Greg. We have two heavy kind of topics to talk about today, but right. stay tuned to learn about um, a pregnancy center situation. We talked about AB 710 last week, That's and right. so we're going to talk about an assembly member refusing to issue an apology. And That's right. Then, we asked her to apologize, mm -hmm. and she's, she's not. Yes. And then we are going to talk about Porn in public schools. That's a lovely topic. Yes. So stay tuned, especially if you are a parent with a child That's in right. schools here in California. Keep watching to hear about that, hear what you can do about that, and hear what's happening at school boards and school districts across California. So AB 710, if anyone that's watching hasn't heard about AB 710, what that bill is, can you give us a quick little rundown? Yeah, this is a bill that's targeting uh, pregnancy care centers. It's introduced by Assemblywoman Chiavo um, out of the Santa Clarita area. Um, and she's more or less saying, hey, all these pregnancy centers, you are, you are trying to lure people in who uh, are looking for abortions into your pro-life pregnancy care centers, and then you're deceiving them, right? That's one thing she's saying. And then she's saying they're falsely um, saying that they're licensed. Um, they're, and, but these are really fake clinics. And so she had a hearing last week, and we had a, a, a pregnancy center here in Sacramento who actually was licensed, and they clearly state they don't do abortions. And uh, she, we tried to push back, but she... She slandered them anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, if you haven't been able to watch that hearing, see clips from it, see the lies that Assemblymember Shiavo spread about these pregnancy centers, right. it's across all of our YouTube pages. It's on our Facebook, on our social media. It's even, we have a blog up about that stuff. So go ahead and you can check it out on any of our platforms. Yeah. But we did actually send out a press release this past Monday urging Assemblymember Shiavo to apologize for the lies she is spreading not only about pregnancy centers across California, but there are two pregnancy centers in her district, and both are medically licensed clinics. So evidently she didn't do her research. We sent out a press release, so here's a little video that will explain more about what the press release had to say. California Family Council calls on Assemblywoman Pilar Shiavo to apologize for her broad-brushed, slanderous accusations towards pregnancy care centers during the AB 710 hearing in the Assembly Health Committee on April 25th. Let's check out what she had to say. Across California, crisis pregnancy centers outnumber abortion clinics by 20%. These clinics use deceptive practices targeted at vulnerable populations to draw them in by claiming they provide abortion services when they have no equipment nor capacity to provide abortions. I see it as extremely dangerous that these fake pregnancy centers present themselves as medical clinics. To be clear, they are not licensed medical clinics. Assemblywoman Shiavo states that pregnancy care centers across California are not medically licensed and lie to women by telling them they perform abortions. There are 162 pregnancy care centers across California. 87 of which are medically licensed centers. In Assemblymember Shiavo's district, District 40, there are two pregnancy centers, 
Evidently, she did not do her research as both of these centers are medically licensed and clearly state that they do not provide abortions. The first being Open Arms Pregnancy Center in her district. On their website, it is clear they are medically licensed. They provide information on the services they provide and the services they do not provide, as well as SCV Pregnancy Center. They state their medically licensed number as well are clear on the services in which they provide women and men, and they state on every page of their website that they do not provide abortions. In 2019 alone, pregnancy centers across California provided $14.2 million worth of services and materials to women, men, and families. Assemblymember Schiavo evidently doesn't want thousands of women, men, and families receiving free help in her district as she continues to lie about these clinics. Assemblymember Schiavo, it is time to publicly apologize for the misinformation you are spreading about the pregnancy centers in your district and the pregnancy centers across California. So that's a little bit about the press release that we sent out on Monday. That's right. And, and luckily, not luckily, but unfortunately, uh, we sent it out to all across the, the state to press. And we had our local paper here in Sacramento, the SACB, actually do a story on it. And quoting us, <laughs> saying that, uh, you know, she's lying um, and that it's wrong for legislators to slander nonprofit organizations. And they actually quoted her, right? And so here's, here's her response, right? Um, and you can read it here. Uh, she responds that, I have never been shy about standing up for our community. And if radical anti-choice extremists... I guess, I guess that's us, want to go after me, I'll wear that with a badge of honor. And then she says, it begs the question, what are these pregnancy centers trying to hide, trying to hide that they would be opposed to a simple transparency measure, right? Transparency, th this bill isn't, this bill <laughs> is about lying about pregnancy centers. Mm -hmm. The pregnancy centers are eager to be transparent. And get this, uh, we uh, contacted the pregnancy centers in her area, and they have invited her to come to their pregnancy center and do a tour, and guess what? She has not done it. Yeah, <laughs> She's ignored have, them. Yeah, we've heard so at least one of the two pregnancy That's centers right. we are aware of has, like Greg said, invited them. They've been transparent about these services they provide, wanting their assembly member to come see how they help women, men, families right. in her district for free, and yet she has chosen not to. So we'll keep you all up to date about 8710 when it hits the floor hearing, if it makes it to the Senate. Yeah. So call your assembly members, though. We have, um, if you go to CaliforniaFamily.org, on our website, we have an action center where we provide scripts and talking points about how to talk to your assembly member about this bill and urging them to vote now. That's right. So, like we mentioned... The pregnancy center bill isn't the only thing we have to talk to you all about today. We It's been happening for a while across California, but there has been sexually explicit materials in public schools, in the libraries, and these. And so parents across the state are starting to look into these books, find out what's being shared with their students, and they want these books removed. And a lot of people are saying parents are banning books, but no one's banning books. Should not be in a school library. And some of these are in libraries that have kindergartners Ugh. that have access to them. So 
Greg, do you want to talk a little bit about um, yeah. one of the um, school board meetings this week? That's right. It's actually a school, school board uh, in the Elk Grove community where I live. Um, I, uh, I had two, uh, two of my girls attended the high school there for a little bit. Um, and so I, there were a group of parents in our community that were upset by the graphic nature of the books that are put in the junior high, high school, and elementary school uh, libraries. And they decided, you know, they've been going on a weekly basis, some of them, uh, to, to protest this. But we decided to get a, a larger group of people together, maybe about 20, and we uh, went down there uh, and some parents read from the books themselves. And I actually testified as well, uh, talking about, you know, what the uh, U.S. Justice Department uh, says about what is obscene. <laughs> and these, these uh, books seem to go, uh, they are obscene, right? And I, and, and I knew they were bad, you know. I've, but when I heard these books being read, I, it is, it's rated X. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's unbelievably sexually graphic and violent. Um, it's hard to believe that these kind of books are in the schools and, you know, for, for people to come up and say, oh, we shouldn't be banning books. Hey, we're simply keeping pornography out of the hands of children, right? That's what good parents do. That's what good teachers and good school districts are supposed to be doing, but they're not doing it. So why don't we watch a little bit? Yes, um, we have Greg's clip right here from the Elk Grove Unified School Board meeting. So let's watch it. Chair members, uh, my name is Greg Burt. Um, I have uh, been a resident here in Elk Grove for over a decade. My two kids went to Consumers Oaks High School. Um, I think we all can agree that adults, administrators, and parents have a responsibility to keep sexually explicit material out of the hands of minors. You know, as a society, we already rate movies, right, for content. Um, you know the rating system, G, PG, PG-13, R, and X. You know, R doesn't let anybody under 17 attend a movie uh, without a parent, and X bans kids from seeing uh, these type of movies at all, right? But these kind of regulations are not banning movies, right? The same thing goes for video games. They have a rating system to help parents. You got uh, things that are rated E for everyone, teen and mature, right? And uh, this regulates the type of uh, video games that little kids can see. So my question is, what kind of rating system do we have for books used by Elk Grove School District? My impression is that you don't really have a rating system. You really leave it up to teachers, individual teachers and librarians to decide what is explicit, uh, sexually explicit. And obviously, uh, from hearing the stuff tonight, that isn't working. Um, and I just wanted to just say that, you know, keeping obscenity and child pornography out of the hands of kids is not banning books, although that is characterized our objections that way. That was great, Greg. And I think it's like you said, there was parents that went through and read through some of the books, correct? And showed photos from the books? That's right. And we were thinking about, should we sh show that live here? And at this point, we're not going to be... It is so unbelievably graphic, but we are going to provide links mm -hmm. for you to listen to what is being said, what is being read. 
Um, it is beyond the pale. I mean, at some points I just had to plug my ears because it was so foul. Uh, and it was really interesting during the hearing, a, one of the, a teacher who just happened to be there on another issue uh, was up at the, at the mic and she said, I know people are here to read these books. Can you just list the number, uh, the name of the book and the page number? Please don't read the books. It makes us all very uncomfortable, right? Well, I'm sorry. It, it, if you're worried about adults being uncomfortable, why in the world would these books be available to kids? It, it, it's, it's beyond the pale, and the school districts, you know, have lost their marbles here. And so it, it's going to take parents to stand up and em embarrass them if that's what's necessary, because everything else hasn't been working. Yeah, and so in the caption um, on this Facebook post, and then it'll be in the caption for the YouTube as well, we actually have the links to the school board meeting. So there you can go. You can watch what parents had to say. You can listen to what the parents had to read. So That's that right. way you are aware of what's happening in these school districts. And don't be fooled and think it's not happening in your school district. Yeah. Be aware. Be. We're going to later talk about some information provided by um, Capital Resource Institute where they kind of list out some of the pretty awful books. And you can go in and look at your children's library. A lot of times you can look up, look it up online, the school library, yeah. and see if the books are there. But that wasn't the only school board meeting this week. Where no, I know. This Ironically, the, the, the actual schools where uh, Sophia grew mm -hmm. up, <laughs> they were doing the same exact thing the night afterwards. Mm -hmm. And they had three uh, pastors. Mm -hmm. They had a bunch of individual moms come up and, and testify, just reading these books and, and calling out the school district to, to get these uh, pornography, this pornography out of the schools. And so yeah. we're going to give you a gl little glimpse of that. Yeah, so the, this week, the one that Greg went to, that's here in Northern California. The yeah. other one, Benita Unified School District, that's in Southern California. So again, it's happening all across the state. It's not just in one school district or in one school. It's happening everywhere. Yeah. And so as Greg said, um, at this school, school board meeting as well, parents went up there and had the physical copy of the book and was reading from the book. And it's, it's not... Only is it sexually explicit and it's consensual sex some of these books are talking about. These books are talking about a father raping his 11-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. They are talking about children six years old performing oral sex in these actions. And so this isn't just a, a book of high schoolers reading about two kids falling in love. Yeah, this is absolutely not. extremely graphic. It's horrible. And so you need to be aware so again, as Greg mentioned, there was three pastors that actually came and spoke up at the school board meeting. And so we'll check out a clip at um, of Pastor Brian Dunlap. He's a pastor at Lighthouse Baptist Church in Laverne. So this is in the district that the school is in. Thank you, board, for the opportunity, the audience, for being here. My name is Brian Dunlop. I first moved to San Dimas in 1978 to go to college. I've lived here for most of my adult life. I have five children I raised here, 12 grandchildren now, so I'm pretty invested in the community. I pastor the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Laverne. My five kids all went to college. Three of them have master's degrees. Uh, one of them will be graduating from UCLA Law School next Friday. He also has two other master's degrees, graduating from USAFA Air Force Academy. They did all of that without any exposure to pornography, so I'm not sure that's necessary for their education. I think they can be well-educated without having pornography. I did a lot of research on a number of, of uh, studies in regards to pedophiles and sex offenders as to how they groom their victims. 
and this is the synopsis of a plethora of studies. They single out a child and then treat them as courageous and special. They isolate children. They gradually expose them to sexual content. They desensitize the child with more and more graphic sexual pictures, stories, jokes, and activities. They seek to break down barriers established by parents, the church, and the child's natural own conscience. They encourage the child to keep secrets from parents, make parents out to be the enemy. They treat children as co-conspirators in the relationship. According to RAIN, which is the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, 93% of victims know their perpetrator. So it's not a stranger snatching kids off the street. It's a coach. It's a teacher. It's a neighbor. It's a family member. And so I would implore the board, don't do the work of the pedophiles to groom these children, to prepare them to be molested and to be abused. I think we need to take a stand against filth. It doesn't do anybody any good. I don't, would anybody advocate if we had books in the school system that taught students how to kill their teacher, how to poison their principal? Obviously, some books are bad. Some books are detrimental. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if we're going to allow them to feed on filth <coughs> and consider that part of a normal education, we're going to have reap the consequences. I would beg you to realize you have a responsibility. Obviously, there's, there's censorship and there's editing that goes on all the time. There's millions of books out there. There's only a select few that are in libraries. <coughs> if, if parents want to purchase this book for their children, if they're that foolish, nobody's stopping them. But for them to go to a publicly funded public school with our tax dollars to read filth is an abomination. And I think if you allow that and don't stand up for it, then I think you need to search your own hearts. I think anybody that doesn't understand that these books don't belong in a school library, I would say that individual doesn't belong on a school board. Thank you very much. So that pastor did a phenomenal job to stand up for his area. And some people say, might think, why are pastors getting involved in this? Well, his church body, he has kids in his church body that attend these schools right. that are having these sexually explicit books. And pastors 100% should be standing up for the innocence and protection of children. And... We're going to, uh, Greg's going to give a little bit inf more information about a toolkit, but it's extremely important to get involved in local school boards, local government, and be aware of what's happening. So, Greg, do you want to tell us a little bit? Yeah, so this is not just happening here in California. This is happening across the country. Um, and a good friend of ours, uh, Karen England with Capital Resource Institute, uh, has put together something she calls the Porn in Schools uh, Toolkit. Um, it is a... a a great resource for you to download. Uh, it really does talk about the type of books that are being found in schools. It talks about uh, obscenity law, uh, what is being allowed. Um, it talks about you know what you can actually do, right? Mm -hmm. What policies you can actually advocate, uh, how you can, how you can get rid of these books uh, from your schools. Uh, it's a great resource. We hope this idea of going to school boards and just shaming the school board into removing these books takes off and it's happening in every school district. Because sadly, these books, there's a coordinated effort to uh, put these books into every school in the state, uh, around the country. Somebody's pushing this stuff in there 
on purpose, uh, desensitizing kids to sexual activity, you know, doing the work of, you know, of pedophiles, lowering kids' inhibitions, you know, what you put in your mind, you will eventually do, right? And so we are going to reap a whirlwind, the whole society will, if we don't stand up against this, you know, it, it, you know, so... Um, it's something everybody can do. Everybody's got a local school district. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be putting a, a link so you can download this toolkit uh, for yourself, uh, print it off, and organize with parents in your area to and pastors to oppose this. Yeah, so that's all we have for you all today. But we hope you were able to learn something. All the links about what we were talking about are in the caption. Stay following along on our newsletter and social media to keep updated throughout the week. That's and right. we are looking forward to seeing you all next week. Bye.